me. This is so cool. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Lioness Method podcast for female business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders who are passionate about growing their leadership skills, building amazing teams, and solving real-life problems with a growth mindset. I'm your host, Narissa Sue, and today we get to speak to the amazing Amy Jo Accardi. And she is a licensed acupuncturist and a vibrant lifestylist. She's a chronic illness and digestive health expert specializing in real recovery for all parts of the self. And Amy Jo grew up witnessing a lot of undertreated health issues in her family. And from a very young age, she knew that there had to be a more humane and enlightened options for health. Uh, AJ created Flourish Eternal as a home as an homage. That is my cat in the background, guys. <laughs> How about some real life right there? As an homage to this uh, cultivation of real health and the true spirit within all of us that thrives when it's recognized, supported, and fully empowered. She uses her training in Chinese medicine, yoga, nutrition, and breath work to address physical, emotional, and spiritual healing so that her clients flourish on all levels. In Chinese medicine, that is called nourishing destiny. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And welcome, AJ. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And I'm really, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm really excited to dig in. I know you have uh, so many gifts to share with us today. And for the ladies who are listening, I hope you grabbed a notebook uh, and so you can uh, write down some amazing uh, gems that Amy's about to share with us about Chinese medicine and just health overall. And I have to say that I am in love with your Instagram. I, <laughs> it's total eye candy. It's, it's oh, just, thank you. So, so I just I love your vibe, and so I was so excited to invite you to come in and speak with us today. So thank you. And your blouse is like everything that we're embodying here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, let's just start from the from the very beginning. I'd love to hear more about who you serve and how you serve them. I know you have a lot of talents. <laughs> well, um, I serve primarily professionals in Boston, um, and I work with people who are struggling with long-term health issues. I work with a lot of autoimmune conditions and digestive issues and also chronic Lyme and other things that have just been recalcitrant and difficult to deal with. And usually people that come here have been to 10 other doctors that have told them no, and I am a yes. And we can usually turn people around in two to three weeks. Wow, that's amazing. So you must have some really deep experience to be able to have that quick of a turnaround. You know, it's just, it's so rewarding to have answers and to help people feel empowered around what's possible. I think overall, um, our healthcare system is so big in the U.S., and I think it's easy for things to not be aligned and not be humanistic. And, you know, growing up and watching people in my family be very sick or, you know, have 
get the wrong treatment, things like that. I just remember from a very young age knowing that things could be better. And, you know, I, I couldn't articulate it yet, but I was like, something has to be better than this. Like, this is not okay. And it's kind of cool how my, my path went. Um, and one day I realized I'm like, treating digestive issues with Chinese medicine is like shooting fish in a barrel. But I realized it's not like that for everyone, that mm -hmm. I had some unique insight that I was able to bring through. And so I just, I have these offerings and these amazing people keep showing up at my door. I love that. Yeah, we have a, an interesting way of drawing the perfect clients to us, right? And um, when we're in alignment with, uh, with our business and our vision for how we want to serve. Uh, so what challenges did you have to overcome? I know you alluded a little bit to it, but what did you overcome in order to start your business? Oh, how far back should I go? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I guess um, I should ask you how long you've been in business too. So I started my practice in 2007 in Charleston, South Carolina, and I went to school in Seattle. And when I finished school, I was kind of ready to go back home and bring the message. And I was a little surprised to hear that, you know, my friends didn't totally understand what was going on. Um, you know, I could talk for hours about the spirit and they'd be like, great, can you help me with my plantar fasciitis? And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> not really what I do, but okay. Um, and so I started my practice in Charleston and I was still waiting tables at night to pay the bills as I was getting things off the ground. And I think one of the biggest challenges was, you know, when you have a calling to be in the healing field, um, especially something like acupuncture and Chinese medicine, most of us don't go to school to be business owners. And so learning how to um, work in other realms like we do, I mean, we are working with the spirit and we're working with so many different levels of the human. It's a lot sometimes to have to think about, um, you know, taxes and um, inventory mm -hmm. and things that, you know. Websites and marketing. And <laughs> yeah, well, the marketing, I love marketing. It's so visual, mm -hmm. you know, but if like the minute there's no more pictures or colors, it's like, it's hard to, it's hard mm -hmm. to, to get in the vibe with that. No, for sure. And so what is, uh, and I think that every entrepreneur might be able to, especially the women listening right now, probably identifies with that. There's always areas as entrepreneurs that were like, oh my gosh, that is not my strong suit. I, uh, I actually just recently took the Colby test and um, it kind of identifies like what areas are your strengths and then what areas you might want to hire people to help you. And uh, finance is one of them for me. They're like, you should not be in charge of your finance and budgets. <laughs> so. no, that's exactly what I was going to say, because, you know, I think especially if if, you know, if you're drawn to entrepreneurship, it's usually because you like doing everything and, and you're willing to roll up your sleeves and you're willing to get in there. And I think it's really a good thing to also sit back from time to time and think about how things feel for you. You know, mm -hmm. for me, I want to be really present when people are here. And so what that looks like for me was also hiring an accountant and hiring people to help me with the parts of my business that feel mundane, but have to be managed appropriately. And the mm -hmm. things that feel really draining to my energy, that's where I ask for help. I love that. Yeah, because certainly we do all the things that we don't necessarily like to do, but it, it ultimately takes us away from our area of genius. So we um, want to take that time back so we can serve better. Um, so how do you find inspiration? How do you find inspiration and maintain clarity for what you do to hold space? 
I think ultimately it came from growing up and a, a really deep desire to be understood and to be in real communication with others. Um, that's where it started was was knowing that things had to feel more real. And you know, so that's the first part. And then the second part was really trusting in who I am. And you know, not only the things that I've studied and my credentials, but also the things that are really inspiring to me. And you know, knowing that the more that I let myself be more of who I am, the more of myself can be present in the room undistracted. Right. And then I can bring so much more to people because I'm not, I'm not separated. I'm not thinking about something else when I'm just letting my spirit flow through me as everything that I am, then we have a more real exchange and we see a lot more of this like radiance and life and inspiration. And um, not only that, but things feel more possible to my patients when I let things be more possible for myself. Mm, I love that so much. You just said so many good things right there. <laughs> but I think it really does come. <laughs> it comes from being in that real authentic leadership, right? And um, I almost, I don't know if I love the word authentic. I think I like the word genuine better because I think you can be authentic in different situations. But what you're describing to me really sounds genuine. Like you just, you just be who you are in that moment be present right and just let it flow yeah and i think especially for women our challenge is that we we don't have a lot of female leadership historically to look to um you know we don't have a lot of women who were allowed to fully be themselves in their power and be successful leaders you know a lot of and, and we're getting there. You know, I think it's happening more today than it was happening when I was young. But, you know, I even think about all the years I worked in restaurants. Most of my uniforms were made for men, you know, mm -hmm. and we were wearing men's clothes, you know, doing this job. And and I think that it's such a unique and beautiful challenge for women today to be all of who we are completely in our femininity to the degree that, you know, feels right for us and doing things differently yet still being successful. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And actually, I was speaking to one of my mentors the other day, and, and he was actually like, I love seeing women win in business because they are bringing that femininity into business where it has been such a male-dominated culture to have a, a men in business since the beginning of time, right? Um, and now we're able to bring a softer touch to it, right? Bring that feminine energy into it of more community gathering people. It doesn't have to be so cutthroat, like this attitude that everybody wins together. If we work together, that there's more than enough, that abundance, you know, mentality. So I love all, all of that. Mm. Beautiful. And I know that you're, you're also a, a sober entrepreneur, I well, <laughs> which, which I love. I love that about you. Um, and how do you feel that's lended uh, to your success? Well, I love that about my life too. <laughs> um, you know, I it was actually shortly after you and I met. Um, I had done a six day breathwork training, and you know, to be able to do a training that deep and for so many days in a row, it, you know, we were seeing through walls at the end. And there was just a time where I was having a glass of wine and I felt my energy start to dip after like half a glass of wine. And I had this whole realization that like, it's not worth it. You know, that 
my job is working with the spirit, you know, and sometimes it comes in the form of working with the body and with really mundane things about health. But ultimately, my job is to help people get more in touch with who they truly are at the depths and bring more of that forward unapologetically. And there was just this moment where I realized that alcohol was hindering that and it wasn't worth it to me anymore. And that I had worked so hard, you know, all the studying that I've done and recreational spiritual work and everything that I just didn't want that to um, steal my energy anymore or to distract me from what I'm really going for. Oh, and I love that because it sounds like it was really more of a health decision for you. Are you is this something you decided that didn't feel healthy anymore? It didn't. And I, I also really like I grew up in an alcoholic home in an alcoholic town. <laughs> and <laughs> then I worked in, you know, restaurants for 20 years. And it substance use is such a big part of that field. And, you know, I realized that my trajectory into healthcare, into spiritual work, that all of it was really cleaning up, um, not just my own life, but a lot of things I had inherited from my family. And I was very clear from the beginning that I wanted to turn things around for my whole family, for my whole lineage. Mm. And, you know, when I look back at the role that alcohol and drugs have played, you know, just in my own family, let alone friends and culture, I just realized it's a distraction. And it's a way to, um, not only is it a distraction, it's, it's a way that we don't fully step into who we are. Mm. And I knew that if I wanted people to take me more seriously that I needed to take myself more seriously. And it just didn't make sense anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that because I also hear that it doesn't, it feel almost more addicting to be become more and more of who you are. Like I, for me, I feel like it just extends and expands, um, our energy levels to, you know, to heights that I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, this is all natural. Like how, yeah. how do you feel this good naturally? No, and completely. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. That was it. Well, completely because, you know, if you are a spiritual person and you do go on retreats or you follow teachers or you do any kind of spiritual practice, we can get addicted to the high, like it feels great. Um, and the other step is how can we create that in our life, right? We, we may not be in those highs all the time, but how can we create a life with more spirit all the time that not only serves us, but serves the people around us that we get to engage with? And even when you talk about my Instagram, I mean, that's an expression of how I feel, how I want to help other people feel, how I see the world. And that, you know, I didn't come from a world that looked like that, but I'm creating that now. And so to me, it's nothing but possibility. And I think that, you know, do I think that you can be spiritual and still drink booze? Totally. And I think for a lot of people, it's fine. Um, but for me, I, I think I've just gotten so much more clear on how much I'm holding in life and holding space for others and that I really do want to work deeply and I have the capacity to do that. And I saw like what what my relationship to alcohol had looked like in the past. And then I really think I was choosing it because I was anxious because I didn't know how to hold all this energy. And now that I'm not drinking, I can see when the anxiety comes up and I have the opportunity to choose something that's actually bigger and more vulnerable and more free 
versus checking out. Mm, that's powerful right there. Just being, yeah. with, just being with yourself and, and allowing the emotion just to visit you, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's all they are they're just visitors and we can invite them to leave just as quickly as they entered sometimes it's such a whole so. new study and like courage and really putting your money where your mouth is it's like is this really the life you want are you ready for all of this and you know and it's cool because mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like you can get such a different relationship to your anxiety and the things that are coming up because it's not interrupted by um chemicals you know, you can just be with mm -hmm. life in its like raw nature and just kind of get in there. I love that. She's like, I'm just gonna get raw with my feelings. <laughs> so what are <laughs> it's um I, I saw a meme, I think, the other day that was like, Yeah, man, I'm just raw dogging it with my feelings. There's <laughs> no no meds, no alcohol, no substances. I'm just crazy out here. But living um, on the edge, <laughs> living on the edge, just just being wild with the and uh, no filters, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I I love that so much that what you're talking about, just being uh, being with it and with and really when we want to uh, practice the deepest work and serve in a bigger way, I think it really is beginning to look at the ways that we are distracting ourselves because for some people it could it, it might not be alcohol right it might be shopping on amazon it could be working out too much it could be bad relationships it could be all different types of things that we are distracting ourselves with and it's just kind of pulling in the energy and then refocusing it so, so what are some ways that you kind of pull in your energy and refocus it i know that you're talking a little bit about managing anxiety or some ways that you work with your clients mm -hmm. to help help your clients refocus? Well, when I was in acupuncture school, part of our program included Tai Chi and Qigong practice, which was so mm -hmm. beautiful because that was really the first time I practiced yoga before then. But the Tai Chi and Qigong was, was a class with a teacher who would sit down and help us start to feel energy. And so when you get acupuncture and the person is kind of feeling around on your leg and then they put the needle in, we're feeling for an energy portal in your body. And it's a lot like a stud finder on a wall where you're feeling <laughs> for that. And we're, I mean, we're human stud finders and we're using our finger and we're like, well, it's, it's approximately on this X, Y axis. That is so cool. It's so <laughs> radical. And so you're feeling for this, like, it's a, it's like a funnel of energy and the needle goes right there. And then you're actually making this connection with like heaven, human, earth, history, and future all at once. And so we started in school with Qigong and Tai Chi. And, you know, today I would say um, really it's like a strong connection with nature. You know, it's getting my body moving. It's clean communication with people around me, um, fixing things when they're broken as much as possible. And, and you know, during COVID, I've, it's been really amazing. Um, I think with being sober and then, being spending so much time alone. I did a lot of work with human design over this break. And I also worked oh, with I love human design. It's so amazing. And I think, yeah, I think the thing with human design, most people are like, wow, I didn't know that that was okay for me to continue being that way. You know, and when you start to realize that like your gifts are are yours, and when you look at them as a gift rather than a burden then you know you can use them without apologizing and so human design has been huge 
codependency. I worked with a codependency and money coach who was fantastic. And um, I really like learned to trust myself a lot more over the last few years. And so I think in all of that paired with meditation, breath work, and making sure that I'm grounded before I walk into an energetically charged situation um, and taking that breath, right? I'm just taking one moment before we jump in. And that is not only what it means to be a healer, but also what it means to be a child of an alcoholic, you know, and, the, and people who like, I come from a history of wanting to be a rescuer. So just taking that time to say like, what's the right thing to do to help this person, but not fix it for them. That's, that's so powerful right there. And I think there's a lot of people that can identify with that, you know, being children of alcoholics and it just being, I think women naturally, we become fixers, right? We want to go in and, and help or organize and overhelp sometimes. So having learning to have boundaries and be able to kind of step back and say, okay, well, it's all right to let this person process this for uh, on their own. <laughs> for sure. Well, I, I love that you are being so um, open with us about your journey. I know that there's a lot of women that are going to be helped by this. Um, but what are some, I guess, some tips for um, the lady who's listening that's kind of starting her business and uh, really wants to stay on top or, and feel empowered in her health? Mm. Um, I think as a as a business owner, the number one thing to remember is there's always more to do. Like you never really get to a place where you feel like everything's done. And especially in the beginning when you're like, oh my gosh, you know, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and website and, and it can be super overwhelming in the beginning. And so the number one, I would say uh, to, to make sure that you're checking in with yourself and other female entrepreneurs around what's realistic what's a realistic amount of work and what a schedule looks like in terms of creating the business. Um, number two is making sure, like getting ahead of yourself by eating foods and getting enough rest and doing the things that nourish you versus kind of the afterthought. I think um, in, in diet nutrition, it's such a big deal to um, think about what you're going to eat and make sure you have your meals planned ahead of time. Because when we wait until we're starving, we tend to make the wrong decision and either overeat or undereat. And then that further stresses the nervous system. So, you know, it's really, I heard a quote one time, she said, um, every successful person I know has a really strong relationship to what keeps them healthy. Mm. Right? And so if we look at our ability to show up fully what that means is we're taking care of ourselves first. And that is sleep and diet and healthy relationships. I love that. She's like, in a nutshell, yeah, my I, drop. Right? <laughs> and I think that was only two points. <laughs> two points or seven. <laughs> and I think the so. third would be, actually, just to, just to make sure that I get three, the third would be, be very deliberate about who you surround yourself with. And start by really thinking about the kind of people that lift you up and the kind of people that recognize your dream and the kind of people who are already creating something similar and make sure that you have those people in your life regularly because that your friends and family may not understand what you're doing, but that doesn't mean that what you're doing isn't going to work. A hundred percent. 
Yeah, it's just that it's not going to work in their framework, but you're here to fulfill your own destiny and to create your own dream. And that's why it looks different than than other people's. That's why your Instagram has personality or, you know, why you start a podcast, because you have a, a unique vision. And the only way to really get to that unique vision is to make sure that, you know, you're taking care of yourself, the people around you are supportive, and you're staying aligned with what really matters for you. I love that. That's great advice. And I, I think that there's so much value in, in exactly what you said, because often our partners even are like, I don't even know what you do. People pay you to do that. <laughs> You're like, <Yeah. laughs> what is that? Right. And I think it's also important to gather in circles of women, right. And have other women that can be supportive, be resources together. Um, and I've, I myself have, have, are you a part of any masterminds that you enjoy or how do you stay connected with other women? I'm not in a mastermind right now. Um, one of the biggest steps for me was um, there's a group here in Boston called Best in Business Women. And just joining that, like I knew that I, I wanted other female entrepreneurs in my life, you know, business owners and things like that. That was huge. And the other thing that I do, I have, you know, I have you and my breathwork you know, the people that I meet through different forms of study, whether it's acupuncture, breathwork or other spiritual groups, I always end up meeting um, amazing women that I want to stay connected to. And I usually put forth the effort to do that, whether they think about it or not. I'm like, hey, me again. <laughs> um, because, you know, I can see things in people that's like, I love what that person's doing. And I want I want to make sure that I stay in tune with that vibration. Um those two things have been really huge. And then the third is investing in education when it really resonates with me, you know, whether that's a mastermind or an online class or an in-person class. Um, you know, I'm kind of getting to the place with my business this last year, you know, notwithstanding, <laughs> but I'm getting to the place with business where I can invest more in courses and things like that. And I'm realizing the value of what that means that, you know, sometimes you feel like you don't have $2,000 to invest in a course, but I just took one, you know, that I felt like I got my money's worth after the first week. Mm. And so when you really let that resonate in you, like, what is this thing waking up in you? And it's probably worth a little bit bigger investment than one you're comfortable with, if you're going to really grow and step more into your power and what you're doing. No, I love that. I think it it is about having the investment, like reinvesting the money in your intellectual property. Because I think a lot of people, they they put a lot of attention on brick and mortar. And I think if anything is taught us uh, through this pandemic in the last year, it's like there, we might not always need a brick and mortar. Um, and um, But certainly, I mean, yeah. But I think investing in the intellectual property to help you grow in other areas of your business only helps you attract the clients that you want ultimately, like you said earlier. Mm -hmm. Completely. I love that. Um, well, I always love to ask, I'm always curious because I'm an avid reader. Uh, what are some books that that change your life or or the book? If you could... Oh my gosh, I don't know if I have an answer to that. Um... <laughs> Right now, it's so funny. I was just talking with a friend this morning, and I have about four different books on being an empath that I that are really huge. <laughs> um, 
The other book I really love, it's older, it's Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Dr. Christiane Northrup. And that was the first book that I'd ever read by a Western medical physician who talked about how women internalize emotions and they become health problems. And that I remember being really pivotal at the time because no one had ever talked about it, but everything she said was so deeply visceral for me. And that was before I went to acupuncture school and I still find it relevant today, you know, that how much how much our health program you know on a national level is not even including you know suggestions for eating broccoli like let alone how much our feelings you know affect our body and vice versa so that i think that was a really pivotal one and then lots and lots of books on chinese medicine and spirit that i go back to every now and then all right I love that one. I'm going to have to order that one today. It's such amazing. a good one. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to add, she's got a second <laughs> one. <laughs> That's, you know, if you are empathic, <laughs> you have these kind of feelings. Her other one is um, Dodging Energy Vampires. And that was really cool too. In terms, Oh my of, God, that sounds amazing. Well, and she wrote that one so much later. And then it's like, oh, that makes sense where all the spirit was coming from in this, this first book. So yeah, that one's good too. Okay, so now I have two books to put on my reading list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Well, I want to be really mindful of your time. Uh, so I have only two more questions. Um, but I would I'd love to ask you what your biggest challenge is with your business right now. Uh, that if it were solved, you'd be able to earn more money or have more time or more freedom. And I guess which one of those things do you value the most right now? Oh boy. Uh, I mean, situationally, my biggest challenge has been that my work is primarily brick and mortar. And this last year, I worked downtown Boston, which has been a ghost town this last year. So that is all, you know, in terms of post 2020, you know, that issue. Um, the second piece, which I'm actually on the cusp of figuring out, is um, I realized that the biggest challenge is helping people understand that health not only takes time, it can change quickly with the right approach, but that it's not in a pill and it's not in a product. It's in honoring yourself enough to sit with the right healers for you and work through things. And I actually just changed my business model um, just in the last month into a program model that, you know, I was working with a coach and she was asking like, what are you really desiring to do? And I said, I really wanna spend more time with people. I don't wanna rush. I don't wanna be in the traditional acupuncture like volume model of, you know, operating several rooms in order to stay afloat. Um, and I, I wanna do it in a way where people feel heard but where they also want to put the time into themselves where they're not rushing in and out, where they're happy to come here and they're happy to sit, you know, and talk for half an hour before the treatment. So we can really start working through the depth of what's going on. And, you know, I, um, a few months ago, I would say that's a challenge. And now it's a challenge that I'm, I'm overcoming by creating a new offer mm -hmm. that, you know, I think is going to serve all of us better. I love that. And it sounds like you'll be able to offer so much more one-on-one -on -one custom care uh, you, than you already do. Because I know what you do is very customized from the mm -hmm. beginning. 
but it sounds like it even extended. And the, the person themselves would be making an investment in their wellness over time working with you too, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing where people are like, well, I've tried acupuncture before, I've tried everything. And, you know, and real health is really just an invitation back to yourself and back to mm -hmm. listening to your needs, which especially as women, we were never trained to do. Right. We were most of us have been trained to attend to everyone else's needs and pretend like we don't have any. Exactly. And, and is that okay. I was to say that's usually 99% of the problem. A hundred percent. They they're so depleted because they have kind of put themselves on the back burner for so long and they, they start to burn out. Um, is that um, I'm curious about the acupuncture that you offer. Is it more esoteric or is it more traditional Chinese medicine or what style is it? Uh, I work on a lot of realms. <laughs> um, so in my office, when people come in, the typical session is a combination of acupuncture, like a strategic nutrition plan and customized herbs. And I have a, a customizing pharmacy here so I can make make them before people leave and they leave with a diet plan, herbs and acupuncture. And so my training is I started with mm. traditional Chinese medicine. And so that's kind of my background. And then I've also worked in five element acupuncture for quite a while. And my mentor is a five element acupuncturist. I've worked with him for about 14 years. And so largely spirit-based TCM. I love that. That's amazing. All right. And the last question I have for you is just a, leaving it kind of on a high note. Like what's the biggest win that you've had recently? The biggest win that I've had is I got a reading last year and the high priestess card came up and the, the woman who I was working with was one of the best, it's one of the best readings I've ever had. And she looked at me and she gave me the eye and she's like, this card doesn't just come up. And my biggest win over this past <laughs> year has been allowing all of that to come through me of like settling in instead of feeling like I have to go out and do things, actually owning the space of the high priestess, owning my experience, owning the value of what I do for others and holding that as a form of magnetism rather than trying to get people to understand it. Mm. Oh my gosh, you just said so much in there. I, I, <laughs> I, I hear a lot of, <laughs> I like so much goodness. I like you're so magical. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So are you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's, that's a piece of the puzzle, right? I think that's one of the final pieces of the puzzle is allowing ourselves to receive the goodness. It's like we, we get busy doing all of this work and fixing all the things and healing this and healing that. And then there comes a point in our lives where we're like, oh my gosh, I, I get to receive. I get to receive the support from the universe and all the things. Not only do we get to, but it's such a pivotal piece of femininity, of strength and leadership, and also of like what our reflection is to the community, you know, to other women and men you know, and non-binary, like anyone who is in that place of like, you know, what is my leadership going to look like? And does it always have to look like me going out and doing all the work? And, you know, I think stepping into that, it feels like such a beautiful form of maturity and magic 
in such a different format. Hmm. I love that so much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending so much your time with us today and sharing about your talents and your gifts. I know that people are going to be very excited to contact you. And again, you're in, in Boston and how can they contact you? What's the best way for, for them to contact you? So my Instagram is flourish eternal and that's usually the best way to follow me there. You can sign up for my emails as well. I have um, some free information for people with chronic illness and I'm actually starting a virtual course this fall that will be for living better with chronic illness um, that includes nutrition and spirit and everything that we'll be doing an online class. So if you're not in Boston, we have, we have other options. Wonderful. And I, I highly encourage you guys to follow her Instagram. It is eye candy. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I need a picture of you in that blouse to go on my Instagram. It'll fit in perfectly. Oh, <laughs> well, we can figure that one out. <laughs> I know. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you and hear your voice. And it's just an honor to be a part of this with you. Oh, this was so much fun. Again, thanks for joining. And thank you, lady, for sticking around and listening all the way to the end of this interview. And I would like to invite you uh, to join uh, the weekly breathwork circle. If you haven't already signed up for this Wednesday night, it's 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's a wonderful group of women that come together every week just to decompress and to feel to make more space for joy, quite honestly, because there, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that can help and the way down our bodies. So we come together to breathe and just to be in community at least once a week. So you can find me at www.breathewithris.com to sign up for the Wednesday night class and join us again uh, for some more great interviews. And if you have any questions for AJ, please feel free to uh, send her a message directly I will set, I will put her information in the show notes so you can find her easily and have a great rest of your day. Bye for now. Thank you.